I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth and I'm with Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about borderline personality disorder. Yes. One of the most extreme. It is the most extreme personality disorder. Yes. And we've touched on it before, <clears throat> excuse me, but we're going to go into a little bit more detail today. And why is that important? Why, what does this have to do with breakups? Because borderline personality, the, the emotional hurt that creates borderline personality happens early in life, at least in my opinion, between the, the first and second year. Mm -hmm. During the first year of a baby's life, yeah. um, mom is sort of all loving and feeds the baby. Yes. As you head toward age two, where you come into the terrible twos, and mother starts making demands on behavior and toilet training demands, mm -hmm. that's when the problem starts. If now what is the problem? The problem is borderlines have a terrible time relating to anyone in any kind of a reasonable way. Okay, so what happens that this baby gets to that point? It's more like what doesn't happen for this baby in the first year and particularly toward the end of the first year. Mm -hmm. We all need a certain amount of holding and snuggling and having people talk nonsense to us and all those things that people do with babies and all those things that make babies laugh and giggle happily. Mm -hmm. Mom can be postpartum depression, she can be distracted with all kinds of family problems or homelessness, all kinds of things. A bunch of siblings. Yes, yes, a million exactly. different reasons. And you're the one more who want it anyway. Um, so some babies don't get the con the attention that they really need and deserve and the stimulation. Yes. So when they pass from the all-giving mother to the toilet training and say no mother, they can't handle it. They're afraid to experience the normal anger that babies experience as they move into age two. They can't say, so how come you don't love me like you did when I was six months younger and how come you're telling me all this other stuff? A secure baby can get mad at mom. It's our first experience of anger. The secure baby knows that mom will still love them. Mm -hmm. But for the borderline to be baby, they don't dare risk getting angry at this mother whose relationship with them they think is not so strong. And ultimately they know if they upset their caregiver enough, yes. it could mean death. It could mean death, it could mean being tossed across the room. Um, there's a great deal of child abuse involved, although it's hard to be specific, with the development of a personality disorder. And I've met two people um, who were unable to eat for whatever reason, who had digestive difficulties, and so they were hungry for months at a time before the problem was diagnosed. And so they must have felt like they were always going to oh, die. They felt like they were always going to die. And they were always uncomfortable and always miserable. 
So what the baby does in desperation is they decide that that second mother, the one who makes the demands, must be a different person. And right then and there, they split people into good people and bad people. And this is a very difficult concept for a lot of people to grasp. Yes. Um, and I can tell you the signs of that. Uh, if you meet people who, and if you listen, just in conversation, you may work with them, live next door to them, whatever. If people all sound like they're all good or all bad, um, I'll never do business with that store again. No one who works there is any good. They are just terrible people. But the store over here is wonderful. And you will love everyone there. And I love everyone there. So people are divided into good and bad. And here's the problem. We as people are not all good or all bad. We're, all, we're a mix. And most stores, agencies, restaurants, any place is not all good or all bad either. They're good some days, they're not good other days. They're good if they have this employee, they're bad if they don't have that one. But the borderline baby doesn't learn that things are mixed, that there is a gray. And tend to, to split people that way all of their lives. And so when you get into a romantic relationship with somebody, um, obviously it's a continuum. Yes, it's You're, a continuum. You know, you can yes. have somebody that's right. got a lot of symptoms of the borderline. Yeah. And you have somebody that's more well put together. Right. So let's say you are dating somebody. Um, it would be good to know how to recognize right. some symptoms of a borderline. And we have some symptoms here or how to recognize a borderline. Yes. Yes. Um, we could talk about that. Is there anything you wanted to help explain more about the black and the white? There's just a little bit more I wanted to uh, explain about the state of affairs. Um, borderline babies, I, I never did it, thank God, um, must be extremely difficult to handle. And that's probably the, the babies you hear about, well, this kid was difficult from the time he was four months old because his needs weren't being met. So when you meet a borderline person, um, they have never seen love and limit setting, which is what kids need, from the same source. If you put a borderline child in a foster home, immediately they will divide uh, the parents into good and bad. Dad will be good, mom will be bad. On another day it might be the other way around. But they don't look at anybody as a whole person. I like them, I like you, or I don't like you, and you're awful. There are extremes on both ends. Okay? Yes. And it's hard for people to really understand, but once somebody um, goes through this experience right. in life and they are a borderline, right. okay? This isn't something that just changes. No, these, the personality disorders are long-term conditions that dictate how we see the world and how we see relationships, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, <clears throat> and if you're a therapist and you're trying to treat a borderline, there are lots of people who'll say, well, you know, good cop, bad cop, you be the good one, I'll be the bad one. That is absolutely counter-therapeutic. What's helpful for the borderline is to see somebody being kind to them who also sets limit, That's right. limits with them. Mm -hmm. And that makes them feel safe and it makes it helps them grow. Because all their energy then doesn't have to go into acting up. Yeah. It's, it's a tragic condition in my opinion. 
because we are desperately wanting closeness and relationship. We're wired to want it. Mm -hmm. But if we're afraid to attach, because if we ever have a problem with this person, we'll never have a relationship with them again. Um, that's difficult. Um, and I can think of a, <clears throat> a couple of people I treat in my private practice on and off. Um, and there's one particular woman who gets annoyed at me for, I don't even know what anymore, and she goes away for a while and she comes back six months later and says, well, I didn't think you'd be speaking to me. Why wouldn't I be speaking to you? I've known you for years. Um, well, because we kind of had a fight last time. I said people have fights, they get over them, and relationships go on. And that's the most therapeutic thing I can do for her. Okay? Yeah. There isn't much that can't be corrected somewhat or made better or made conscious so you can at least handle it better. But it's a challenge. It's, and a, it's a challenge and you have to fight every normal human urge you have to be angry at this people, these people when they haven't done what you said the last six times but need to call you in a crisis. But as far as dating somebody like this... As far as dating somebody like this, well, you could run into the same thing. Um, they could, if they're in crisis all the time and call you all the time, and the world's going to end the next minute, and nothing can ever get resolved, they can't solve it, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, take a very much closer look. Yeah. Yeah. And understand that the chances of them really progressing are not very good unless they do a lot of work. They're, they're long-term at best and they have to be very, very motivated because this is difficult stuff. Anything that happened to you that early, um, talking about it can get you pretty depressed. It is the way out, but it can get you pretty depressed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Talking about it is the thing to do for talking most about issues. It, yes, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. So we have um, just a list here of some things to, uh, to consider in trying to recognize a yes. borderline, okay? Uh, so these are six that we have here. One is borderlines go from one intense relationship to another, often with a great deal of drama and extreme stress. Yes. There's nothing subtle about a borderline. You know what's going on. <laughs> Number two, borderlines have the unpleasant symptom of entitlement which means because their needs were not met when they were little, everybody else is obligated to do it now. And that does not make you a lot of friends, and I can give you a very ready <laughs> example. Another woman who's, who left and now wants to come back used to take the little Medicaid bus uh, from her home to my office to see me. And she has an allergy to perfume, and she really thought the bus company should outlaw perfume on her bus. Okay, in other words, if this is a problem for me, nobody took care of me before, you better do it now. And one of the ultimate things that you can see is you didn't take good enough care of me. What I've always said to people who were new to this is the underlying everything a borderline says or does is the concept of you never took good enough care of me. Mm -hmm. You didn't write back to me fast enough. Um, you messed some technical thing up in some business transaction I'm mm -hmm. doing. The hotel didn't take good enough care of me. Anytime there's any kind of caretaking involved, it's almost famous that um, borderline women who live in apartment buildings get into total insanity with the landlord 
because he's kind of parental and never, never takes good enough care. So there was always a problem with the apartment? Always a problem with the apartment. Finally, one time I saw an article on that very phenomenon. <laughs> Thought I should have written it first. Yeah. Now, the other thing that we've talked about, I remember one time, is that if the borderline asks you for chocolate ice cream or tells you that's their favorite and then you bring them chocolate, then they say, oh, I love vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, what, and if the more trouble you go to for a borderline who's making an unreasonable demand, the less they will like whatever you do for them or give them. Um, and it, they really need to learn that entitlement is not going to make them any friends. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got a few more here. Number three, they often complain that no one has ever good, taken good enough care of them. We already covered that one. Um, number four, borderlines frequently have a sexual abuse in childhood. Yes, uh, unfortunately. And I think that speaks to the general sort of situation that they've lived in, where they were powerless, uh, where they possibly were hurt, traumatized sexually or physically. And so their alarm anxiety system, and we all have one to deal with crisis, is constantly on. You know how you get an adrenaline urge if a car almost hits you and mm -hmm. you can feel the adrenaline urge, but in 15 minutes or a half hour it's over. This is on all the time and they don't even always know why. Interesting. And it leads to some of their crazy behavior. Like cutting themselves. Cutting themselves. Which is, is what we're going to talk about. Part so of the like diagnostic criteria now for, for borderline personality disorder. Um, and. The, the idea is that if you're in such turmoil inside, somehow some physical pain will change your internal state and focus you more on the injury. Which is what they're desperate to do, is change, change their, their internal, internal state. state. Yeah. I've known people, um, I worked in a group care home for adolescents at one time, and there were kids there who had to hit their head against the wall in order to calm down enough to go to sleep. And I saw that again in the prison system. Unbelievable. Yeah. I said, what are you doing? Oh, I have to do this before I can go to sleep. It calms me down. It changes the internal state. Wow. All right. We have one last one, and this is a big one. Borderlines use a device called splitting to manage the world. And I don't think we should get into splitting too much. Um, we talked about it a little bit with the black and white. Right. But explain briefly what is splitting, because then we're looking at multiple personalities. Splitting, splitting is a, a repetition of what happens to the borderline child when they're little, when they're babies, between the year, years of one and two. Um, when the all-loving, giving, feeding mother of infancy turns into the limit-setting, toilet-training mother of over age two. And people will do it in all kinds of circumstances. I've diagnosed several people I've worked with on this. Mm -hmm. That department over there are terrible people. They're awful. They've done this, this, and that, and the other thing, and they didn't do this, this, and that. But this department over here is wonderful, mm -hmm. okay? They do everything right. They've taken good care of me any time I needed something from them. And, but it doesn't last, and then three weeks from then it can reverse. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's maybe you could talk a little bit about um, what's a more extreme version of the splitting? Uh, you see it in any kind of relationship where there are two other people involved. Um, <clears throat> this person over here is no good, 
Um, she one time didn't lend, lend me a cup of sugar when I needed one, so she's no good. But the neighbor next to her is okay, mm -hmm. um, and, and she lent me the cup of sugar. Mm -hmm. um, people can make crazy decisions um, for that reason. I'm not going to do business with this law firm because uh, the last time I talked to them, I didn't like what they did, and they're terrible people. I'm going to hire this law firm over here with whom I'll be in love for the next three or four weeks, mm -hmm. and then I won't like them either. So what is the difference between that and splitting when somebody dissociates and forms multiple personalities? We don't want to go into that here. It's, that's, that's very tricky, but I'll be happy to talk about it if anyone wants to hear it. Sure, but maybe you could just give a little bit so people understand. Okay, about dissociation? Yes. Dissociation is a disruption in the normal functions of who you are, where you are, what you're doing, and what's going on. And that's the simple explanation. If you see people days off, and we've all seen people days off, that's a mild form of, I'm not right here right you, with you right now. My mind and myself is somewhere else. That's a very minor form. The ex most extreme form is Sybil. If Sybil is still popular out there, I don't even know. But there have been some other films and things about multiple personality um, on the TV, I know, over the last several years. And the bottom line with that is simply put, you are abused so badly, it's more than one person can handle. And so Mother Nature helps you uh, create some other people to help you deal with the trauma. Because it's that intense and that severe. It's unthinkable abuse. And one person couldn't possibly handle it. So along comes, they're often named Sally. So along comes Sally to help this little kid deal with this. Hmm. Okay. Now, would you say a lot of borderlines tend to do that and dissociate? They're on the edge. They're, they're on the edge. But certainly not every borderline um, is dissociated by any means. Um, but they certainly can exist together. And when, you, when you're in the realm of severe abuse, Mother Nature has had to go to some extend, extended limits to help us deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think that was a lot to take in. Was about, that a lot to take yeah, in? about uh, borderline can, personality you disorder. You can send in questions, right? <laughs> um, that was, do you feel good about explaining everything? I do, everything but the other thing I want to say is it's very possible to fall in love with people who have a severe personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Some of them are extremely charming. There were men in the prison system who were the sweetest guys you ever met. And as they said, as long as we're in here. You don't want to meet us outside. Mm -hmm. um, but some of these folks are very, very charming. And I don't know that you want to write them off right away, but you need to take a long and careful look. Yes, it's yeah. a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. That's a Freud term, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth with Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.